Check Complete, a referee podcast, is an educational resource for referees by referees, designed to connect and develop soccer officials of all ages and skill levels to better serve the game both on and off the field. Episode 8 of the Check Complete podcast. We're here, we're back, we're ready to roll. I'm here alongside Travis Smith. Travis, how are you today? I am excited for some low-level comedy. Yes, yes. and high-level referee education. Absolutely. That's right. So, uh, yeah, episode eight, it's exciting. Um, did you know why episode nine was afraid of seven? Because seven, eight, nine? Yeah, that's right. All right. That's First right. First low-level comedy joke complete. Nailed it. Travis, who are you? Why are you here? Actually, just start with who are you. Get, round us out. Tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, so... Uh, from San Antonio, Texas, moved up to the great state of Kansas. Uh, my wife was playing for Kansas City Current now, previously Casey Woso. So glad they changed the name. Uh, I was coaching back in San Antonio at high school level, doing some club, a little ECNL. Uh, prior to that, I was at the University of Oregon uh, as a grad assistant. And uh, all of that has led me here to now... Uh, Assistant coach at the University of Kansas. Very good. With women's soccer. Women's soccer. Yes. The Big 12 does not have men's soccer. Um, Travis is the assistant coach on the women's side. Yep. So how long have you been in that role? <laughs> Less than a week. It, yes, in your, <laughs> officially, been, officially a full-time assistant coach. Less than a week. But with the program for ten months. Okay. All right. So you, you've, you're approaching one year with the program. Right. Yeah. I've uh, been coaching eleven years. I've got my USSF B license, uh, so trying to move. I'm, I'm really excited to be here in Kansas City because they have the U.S. soccer uh, facility, education facility. Right. So uh, A license is hopefully coming this spring. That's the that's the goal. Awesome. Yeah, pumped about that. I've heard that that's not a cheap process to be a part of. Uh, it's not. Yeah, I paid for my B license by myself. I was really excited that the course was hosted by FC Dallas. It was close. They didn't have to pay for flights, and uh, so having Kansas City, the education uh, department, whatever. Right, it's right there. Yeah, it's just right in the backyard, so a quick little drive from mm. Lawrence to Kansas City. It's there at Pinnacle, uh, right there by, is that where it's at? It's National like, Training it's, Center? It's right across from Legends, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that they, that's called the pinnacle something or other. Okay, I'm so. still, uh, I'm, I haven't eclipsed a year yet, so That's right. my uh, my native vernacular isn't quite up to snuff. You'll get, you'll get there, your vernacular will, will step up. That's right, um, one day, yeah. maybe, one day. Okay, so you, you have a, a vast coaching background and you've had a lot of experience in, the, in those areas, but then you tried something new this past spring. So I um, am a, a, a high school soccer referee assigner for a small uh, conference here in, in the northeastern part of Kansas. I have about, what do I have, eight schools or something like that. Next year I think we'll be at seven. Or is it eight? Anyway, you can tell I know it really well. And the, um, so it's mostly like we have one through 6A in Kansas in the high school side. So I've got a bunch of 4A schools and then, five, and then one 5A school. And several of the schools are around in the Lawrence area where the University of Kansas is located, which is where you live. And uh, so you reached out. How did Who did you reach out to? I forget how that officially started. Uh, I, I just Googled it, actually. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I applied on the Keisha, Kansas State, Kansas State High School Athletic, whatever. The Keisha one, yeah. Yeah. Kansas State High School Activities Association. There it is. Not there it is. Too many. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My acronym. You'll get My, there. Yeah. Pinnacle. Vernacular. And, and, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's all coming together here. Yes. Anyway, Googled it, registered. I got sent an email. And uh, I want to say that whoever, if Fran? Fran or Rod, one of the two probably. Emailed me and said, hey, get in touch with some of the assigners. And I was like, well, where do I start? Right. Where do you live? Lawrence. Here's Gordy's contact. And then I emailed a couple of other assigners and you just happen to be the one who actually responded to me. So there it was. There you go. 
Yes. Okay. So that does make sense then and how they, which that articulates another concern um, is just the process of intaking new officials and across the board, probably not just in the state of Kansas, across the board is, is a process that probably needs to be revamped, especially since we're not in a place to pick and choose who's coming our way. Um, and if we've got somebody that has a vibrant soccer background and is ready to go, we don't want to lose them. In fact, we'd had, this is an aside, I had had a couple individuals um, last year that apparently when I was, I was not assigning this conference until the spring, but apparently they had reached out to Keisha and signed up and all that kind of thing and kind of had that same like, hey, we'll connect you with whoever and nobody ever emailed him back. And one of them actually, I got to come back and work for me this past spring, but he was ready to go last year and he was a, uh, wasn't Isaac, who was, it was his roommate, Gage, who's a oh, goalkeeper yeah. at Ottawa and uh, university there, which is really close to several schools that I assigned. So he registered, did the whole thing, never could never get a hold of anybody, didn't ref a single game. And this is a college soccer player that was ready and raring to go. Fit, young, referee. So that highlights another concern. But anyway, I'm glad that the connection was made. And so you worked this past spring. You didn't you didn't get certified on the USSF side, you just did high school. Correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. So and you worked for three three different assigners, myself, another assigner, and then the a guy the other assigners more in this local area than another assigner that's in the Topeka area, which for those of you that aren't uh, Kansas geography buffs, which I know it's a very small group of you that don't know Kansas geography. Very well. niche population. Yes, yeah, but the, for the couple of you that haven't memorized the back of your hand, the uh, Kansas geography, uh, we're, we're located in Olathe, Kansas, O-L-A-T-H-E, it's not Olathe, uh, is kind of, we're about what? How long did it take you to get here? About 35 minutes. 35 minutes, and he will not be reimbursed for gas. Um, <laughs> And then if you go an additional about 25 minutes out west and north-ish, you get to Topeka, Kansas, which is the state capital. You're welcome for that trivia. So it's kind of spread out in those. We have three different assigners that, that assign those different areas. So between those three assigners, do you have an idea of how many games you worked? Let's see. The season was that I did was about two months, and I was doing four nights a week. So oh, wow. sometimes, I mean, eight to ten games a week. Yeah. So you jumped straight in. You had never had any referee experience before this. No, only right? threatened. Only threatened to be a referee. Uh, oh, I think you told me this, but tell the story. This is a good story. <laughs> so when I was growing up playing club, I was a tyrant. I mean, some of the worst, I'm sure, officials were like just wanted to kill me more than anything. <laughs> and, and just because I wanted to challenge every call, I thought, and not just thought, I knew I was correct and the official was right. not. And so finally, I mean, I must have just like totally shredded an official because I got a straight red without any cuss words. So oh, like wow. I must have really gone after his socks or like something. <laughs> anyway, my dad after the game was literally like, listen, that was like, I know you're competitive, but that was like embarrassing. So as punishment, it's not like grounding or anything. My dad made me sign up for the first level of us soccer's like grassroots uh -huh. officiating. Right. I went to the weekend course passed my test reluctantly, and, and then my dad said, okay, now you have your license. If you do that ever again, we're going to figure out how to make you ref game. And I was like, okay. Wow. Tone it down. Tone it down real quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's good. So if you're watching this and you're a parent <laughs> and you're looking for a creative way to discipline your child, yeah. Email me, Gordy at checkcompletepodcast.com, and we will ratchet up discipline. Yeah, he, he uh, actually responds to email, so it'll be quick. I do respond to emails. Well, apparently not for Laura. Anyway, so, yeah, so that's how you got certified, but you never ended up refing again. No. You, you dialed it back. Yeah. Okay, all right. So I never asked this, though. So then, wait, did you just, like, lose your mind during... The, the false KU season. That's why you like self-imposed yourself becoming a referee. I subjected spring. myself to the torture. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. So, so I, I've, uh, this past 10 months, I've been a volunteer assistant coach at the university of Kansas, which means I cannot get paid. Like I can't even take a banana from the nutrition station. Yeah. Right. Like I can't get Microsoft office on my computer. I didn't have Wi-Fi. Like I was like really, really slumming it here. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I need to, in the, in the fall, I was living with friends. I was like bouncing around different apartments, houses, like no rent, which was awesome. Yeah. But in the spring, I moved to Lawrence um, from, I lived in Kansas City. I lived in Overland Park, which is just a little bit, what, probably north, 
east of here. Yeah. And uh, back of my hands, Kevin. Yo. And uh, anyway, so I finally needed like an income. Mm-hmm. And so I worked some camps here and there, but during our spring season, the camps are so sporadic because so much recruiting, like the big ECNL and GA events are going on for the girls. Mm-hmm. So there aren't quite as many ID clinics as in the summer. You can you could work every single day of the summer at a camp at a university or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I was like, okay, well, I don't want to Uber and DoorDash and all. Like, that's just not my MO. I, I just love people. And so I wanted yeah. to be involved. I was a school teacher for seven years before I moved up here. Um, mm-hmm. And and so I knew like, okay, well, I'm licensed, certified, certified uh, teacher. I can sub. But the reason I got out of teaching, unfortunately, was because administrations have basically lost their minds since COVID mm-hmm. happened. It's so, I'm all for having a student-centered curriculum but there's such thing as student centered. And then there's another thing as just like handing people mm-hmm. things. So I was like, okay, I don't really want to get back into like the school setting if I don't have to, mm-hmm. what's another way I can be involved with, with kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause that's my true passion. And, uh, I was like, well, you know what? I had a buddy who's a volunteer assistant at UTSA, which is university of Texas, San Antonio, where I'm from. And, uh, he refed a lot of my high school games. And he told me like, Hey dude, you got to work. I mean, it's like physical labor, but he goes, you get compensated pretty well. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, well, you know, that's not a bad idea. Like I'm not certified. He goes, I wasn't either. Uh, he goes, they'll really help you out. So, I mean, that's how it started. I was like, okay, I've got to pay the bills. And I needed something that was super flexible because when I moved up here, I moved up here specifically to work for KU. Right. And I didn't want anything to distract me and take away from my time and energy being able to put into KU, right? right? So, because um, honest truth, and this is a referee podcast, but I, I want to coach. Like, that's my right. goal for the rest of my life, right? And uh, so, the flexibility of being a ref, I could pick and choose what days, afternoons, evenings, kind of mm-hmm. do one game, five games, whatever. I was like, well, here we go. Yeah. So, and so I, like I said earlier, I Googled it. And, and the rest is history. And as they then say. I got in touch with this guy. Yeah. And your life was changed forever, for better or for worse. Don't answer that. Um, so, yeah, we, so we got you rolling. And so you had, you got out in the field and um, kind of got thrown in because we really don't, I mean, you, you attend a rules meeting for, for high school. You attend a rules meeting, you pass a test. Mm-hmm. The test is open book. Yep. I think you sent me answers and I sent you corrections. Did you do that, or I typically do you, that? With yeah, you did. Okay, Fortunately, Google really helped me get a lot of right. Okay, answers. good, good. So it's open book, you know, and we work together on that as uh, as the referee. So you, I mean, those are the two things, and then we really don't. We did put a clinic in, but you got you had a spring, spring game, game, so yeah. you weren't able to make it to the clinic, and so it was like, okay, well, uh, go get them, Tiger. Right, yeah. just kind of slapped him on the back and said, go get them. We did, and unfortunately, we did it with a lot of people, which is a another conversation for another day about just the, how ill-equipped sometimes officials are. I think when when we have folks like yourself that come from a very, that understand the game, that's so much of the problem with some officials is there's not a foot, you know, as we say, a soccer or football understanding is mm-hmm. lacking. And so an inability to understand the game causes a lot of problems. You can fix mechanics and things. It's really hard to teach a feel for what the game is supposed to, how the game is supposed to flow what contact is illegal and what's legal, that kind of thing. So you jumped right in. What was that learning curve like for you? Uh, do you like amusement parks? No, I hate them. <laughs> okay, <laughs> bad <laughs> reference. But uh, aside from maybe some carnival food, I can I can do some carnival. Not that my I could smash food. a funnel cake. Oh <laughs> gosh, stop it! Yes, I could too. But as far as the rides go. Uh, no, I do not. But continue well, with your. I mean, basically, it's like jumping out of an airplane without a parachute. Like, yeah. I mean, it was <laughs> the very first game I ever did. First of all, my mechanics were all. I mean, like, ju- they could not oh, sure. have been worse. Could I? I was raising the flag in the wrong hand. I yeah. mean, I was watching across, like diagonal across to the other AR. Like, okay, what's he doing? Like, how's he standing? What's yeah. he, you know, is he shuffling? Is he running? Which hand is he? Why is he putting his flag behind his back? Like, was he rolling? You know, like just, I had so many questions for the guys at halftime. They were like, do you have any questions? And I was like, how much time you got? <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. And keep in mind, like, and no disrespect to the teams that I I was refing the game, but like, it, it wasn't exactly high level. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, like we said, like, there's up to six A in Kansas, and I was at four A. Sure. And one of the teams didn't make the playoffs. Right. Or like, I don't think they like played in like in the state championship like uh-huh, run sure. or whatever. So like, <laughs> this this is what happened. First half of the first game, no, second half of the first game I ever did. First, first half, the win was so strong that I literally didn't have to do much. Oh, that's beautiful. Which was great. Like, yeah. really, I thought got the nerves out. Mm-hmm. Second half, teams switch sides. That's what happens in soccer. Right. So in my head, I had been going, okay, white's going this way, blue's going that way. You know, like, really just... Well, I had ingrained it a little bit too much. So in the second half, white was still going that way and blue was going yeah. that way. So... Um, you know, kind of a bang-bang play, but it was pretty clear. Even the girls, like, knew, you know, which one, and the ball had gone out of bounds. So I was really proud of myself, got my mechanics right, didn't didn't adjust the flag above my head, yeah. right? which is apparently a huge no-no. It's like, right? tell me you're new without telling me you're new. It's like, <laughs> switch hands above your head with your flag. Um, and so, anyway, I was like, oh, yes, yeah, switch hands below my belt, pointed for blue, and the girls were like, what? And I was like, girls, it was off-white, it's blue ball. And the center like backed me up and was like, yep, it's blue ball, pointed with me. And all the girls were like, we know, it's blue ball. And I was like, okay, so what's the issue here? I was pointing for white. Yes. I was pointing for blue in the first half. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, they had switched sides. So yeah. I literally, I just started laughing at myself. And I was like, girls, I'm really sorry. Like, y'all are right. Switch hands below the belt and pointing for the <laughs> 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 Oh, man. So, you know, that was, it was tough because as a coach, I'm not looking down. This was a huge, huge, like, uh, revelation for me. Right? Like somebody said it at the rules meeting. Right? And like as a coach, I'm A, rarely looking at the player on the ball. Mm. And B, I'm rarely looking below the waist. Mm-hmm. Right? Because like I'm more so looking for shape and, and tactical adjustments and where's the space? How can we move players to exploit that space? That's sort of like, I don't care, you know, if the ball goes out of bounds and whatever and I'm looking at their feet. And, but. So I'm like refing looking here mm, and I, I needed mm. to be looking, you know, waist down essentially. Right. And that was really hard for me to adjust because I would catch myself in these games watching the like tactical battle unfold. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like in my head going, oh, she should have made that run there. And I'm like, no, she shouldn't have. You should watch this. She has blue socks or white socks on. That's what you should be watching. <laughs> so you can point your flag in the right direction. You know, and so like that was, that was huge. But after, and I told you, I said, listen, I don't, I don't feel comfortable being a center early because I don't want to. I don't want to mess up a game, right. right? Like I said at the beginning, like kids, my number one priority, working with people. And I've been on the flip side as a coach where you get somebody that just has no idea what they're doing mm-hmm. and it can really affect the game. And I didn't want to, uh, you know, I, I didn't really know how the playoff structure worked. So I didn't want to like cost somebody a, a playoff game because I made a mistake. Right, right. Um, and, and not that I think officials go into matches like thinking that, but sure. I was just like especially conscious of that. Um, and so mm-hmm. then finally, after probably about a month, uh, the game slowed down a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was able to, I worked a couple of games with you and you gave me some pointers, but some of the more senior officials like really helped me, uh, you know, mechanics wise, right. uh, but then also like game management and like mm-hmm. as, a, as an AR, like you can move off the line to get a better vantage point. You don't have to be standing right on the line. And here I am like, I need to know if this ball goes out by a millimeter, right? Yeah, and like, right. Um, anyway, so then this is, this is like, I'll tell this story to my grandkids. First ever center, JV center. I mean, I was like nervous all day long, reading the NFHS rule book, like making sure I didn't mess something up. Get there, good, good level uh, of play. There are a lot of ECNL, ECRL, high level club you know, girls that mm-hmm. were playing the game. So that was really nice that there was a, a proper flow. Right. Right. I re- mm-hmm. that that really helped right. me. Um, and 
foul happens outside the edge of the box, the turf field had football lines on it as well. Mm. So in my head, and I even said out loud, I said, girls, I don't need to walk it off. We know it's 10 lines, right? Like 10 hash marks. Uh Dude, if I didn't set a five-yard wall with hash marks on the field. (laughs) So, you know, I I tell the girl, you know, wait for my whistle. She goes, all right, walk off. And I go, yep, that's 10. Because she was like two yards in front of the solid line. So in my head, I'm like, I need the next two-yard marker. Right. No, I needed two of those. Yeah, That's right. 10 yards, right? <laughs> oh, my Lord. So literally, I set a five-yard wall. Girl skies it over. Nowhere close because, I mean, the wall's so close that she has no chance. And the head coach goes, hey, whatever her name is, did you ask for a wall? She goes, yeah. Or ask for 10, excuse me. And she goes, yeah, coach, I did. And I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, I was like, oh, my gosh. I did not. Because I specifically remembered saying, girls, I don't need to walk it off. There's hash marks. <laughs> and, and, and then I still mess it up. So literally, like, the, I was waiting, and I'm, like, feeling awful at this point. Luckily, they were, like, winning the game, and so it wasn't, like, a huge deal. Right. Um, but the next time the ball went out of bounds, I jogged over, and I was like, hey, coach, this is exactly what happened. Next time, I'll, I'll definitely make sure and get you all 10. Yeah. Right? Oh, my gosh. It was just... But then after that, I fell in love with, with being... A, I mean, I had more fun refing this spring, which I'm sure we can talk more about. But then it was like, I think I texted you, and I was like, I want more centers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, was, it was a blast. It was a blast. It's a... There's so much... There is a level of pressure, right, on the, the man in the middle or the woman in the middle. But I think it, it pays off and it's somewhat, you know, almost exhilarating when you're oh, out there. I had, I, it was like my new, like, fix. Like, you get an adrenaline rush and it's like, all right. Like, it's all, yeah. if I mess this up, it's on me, right? Yeah. But if, but if the game goes smoothly, then I can feel like I did a good job and I did a, a good service to the kids. Yeah. To the coaches. There is an addictive quality to it. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, I also it's cocaine. Don't don't uh, don't tell any of the coaches that I've done their games. I just don't have the attention span to stand on the side, because there yeah. are long periods of time. Can, can be long periods of time where you don't have any action. Right. Right. Yeah. And like I'm like staring off. I get caught in a coaching brain, and I'm thinking of things. And ball will go out of bounds, and I'll st- I've done this to you before, and I like stare at you wide eyed. Yeah. Like I don't have a clue. <laughs> Somebody will get it. Somebody, whether it's right or wrong, somebody's going to get it. It's just like, <laughs> right. then you get it from the people behind you that are sitting as fans going, right. you have no idea what you're doing. I'm like, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> so last question then. Um, what, how is this carrying over now into coaching? Okay. So you talked about how coaching carried over into refereeing and you had to kind of switch that brain off a little bit. Although I think that's really helpful. We have another referee that always says, uh, think like a coach. Wait, was this you, Mark? Think like a coach, act like a referee. Okay. No, was that not you? Okay. You should have claimed it. Uh, it was me. I said that. It was brilliant. Uh, think like a coach, act like a referee. Okay. And, and that, that helps us tactically understand what's going on and can give some perspective behind what's happening. So now as you transition now into, I mean, we won't see you back on the field until the spring, probably happening, right? Oh, yeah, so, I'm signing back up. When I have off good. Nights, I'm coming. <laughs> okay, good, good. But the fall, you have no free time for Zero. Right. So now that you're switching back into, not that you ever were out of coach mode, but now it's, you know, very much full-on full, full yeah. coach mode. Are there things that, you know, maybe one or two things, however you want to answer this, that you're taking from your time refereeing to coaching? Yeah, so it was actually really funny because after I had, we had some spring games before I started Reffing games. Yeah. Right? right. And then we had some after I had stumbled my way through my first experience yeah. officiating, right? And, you know, I mean, as coaches, we just yell at everybody the players, the refs, a lot. Right. You know, it's just like, um, for better or for worse, mostly for worse, right? right. And, uh, and, you know, it just is a totally different perspective that you're sitting on the sideline. And one of the three, or in our case, could be four, you know, officials makes a call and, Mm -hmm. and you're like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like you, and, and we are like 
60 yards from the play, 70 yards, or even like my favorite one now that I give coaches a hard time about is like when you're on the sideline, it is so easy to see whether the ball went out or not. Mm. I mean, you're looking straight down in, in our level, a perfectly straight white line mm -hmm. and the turf fields too, right? I mean, they are like, right. and so it's, I mean, it's, well, I don't want to say it's so easy because next time I do it, I'm going to mess one up and then it's going to be out or in. But like, I thought, I was like really surprised. Like that's one of the easiest things to call, like to uh -huh. see it go in or out, you know, uh -huh. even if it's like by six inches. But like, even if you're off the line as a coach, like three, four yards, your vantage point changes right. and you can't, you can't see that. Right. But yet we yell, oh, it was out, it was out. And, and the AR sitting there has to be chuckling like, you idiots have no clue. <laughs> right. Right. So um, I'll tell a funny story from a spring game. And, and we're, uh, we're playing University of Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Intense game. Intense game. And our center did a phenomenal job. Like, I mean, absolutely phenomenal. But I'm sitting there. And one of those situations happens. So the situation specifically that's really tough for me, and that's when I learned about moving off the line versus staying super tight to the mm -hmm. line, is you're like in the right, if you're facing the field, you're in the right uh, like half of the line. Mm -hmm. And now this play is down in the left half on mm -hmm. your side. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's a defender back, like front to back with the attacker. Mm -hmm. Right. And the ball goes out of bounds. I, I have really struggled like, and, and the center official like is in position, but there's sometimes you just like, can't, can't tell. Can't tell. Sure. Right. Yeah. So you both look at each other or they're on the mics, but like you both look at each other and you're like, mm, that one, you know, and yeah. it's like, uh, anyway, so our coaching staff is like losing their minds. And I was like, guys, I have, I have to tell you, like, that is such a difficult call for them to make because they're screened. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you have us up on the line mm -hmm. and all these sort of things. And I was like, it's really, really difficult call. And they looked at me flabbergasted. Like, why are you taking their side? <laughs> right. And, um, anyway, another couple of things happen in, and the center does a great job of handling. So like in the spring games, because they're not official contests, we, um, it's like a, uh, coach's agreement to try and keep 11 on the field. So right. if somebody right. is going to get sent off instead of actually showing the red card you know you usher them to the sideline coach hey she's right. you know mm -hmm. essentially disqualified from the contest coaches have agreed we bring the 11th player on so we can all get something out of this right mm -hmm. and there was a this girl got a, a hard i mean like i call it an orange card right right like in the first half for a challenge on our goalkeeper that took her out uh for the remainder of the game and so she was already borderline and she had another one that I really thought she should have been sent off. Well, sent off in the first half. Mm -hmm. Right. But to be, to his credit, he was like, you know, gave her a talking to, made it really like demonstrative. Like this is absolutely it for you. You yeah. know, trying to be kind spring game, second half, early in the second half, a uh, big tussle in the middle, both girls wrapped up, take each other to the ground. Mm. And our coaching staff is screaming. I mean, like, that's, you know, red, 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 red. You know, obviously we knew it's not officially a red, but, like, she should right. be sent off, right? And, and the center official steps away, watches the play unfold, totally keeps his cool. And because there was a, you know, chest-to-chest -chest moment, he could have easily stepped in and just, boom, red. Like, you know, you kind of fall mm -hmm. back under your instincts. But he stepped back, assessed it, and, and then after the, you know, everything was sorted, gives both players... Uh, he gives our player a yellow, and but didn't obviously yellow card the Nebraska girl and um, walked her over to the bench, said coach this situation, right? And I mean, I was like absolutely blown away. Because you think, I mean, like even if you're an official or, but just as a sportsman or a fan of sports, it's like those rare moments where coaches or players or whoever, officials in this case, have like that moment of clarity mm -hmm. where like, they are really, really in tune with themselves and their craft, yeah. right? It's those moments yeah. that you like really hope to achieve in, mm -hmm. in whatever field that you're in. And I was like, man, like I, I have made mistakes in my officiating short career, mm -hmm. right? Where I was too eager sure. 
made made a call too quickly and and I could have changed something, mm-hmm. right? Or vice versa, where I didn't call something I should have and then something more serious happened. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, and this guy, and so anyway, uh, you know, I looked at the staff and I was like, he did a really good job there. And they were like, again, like, what are you doing? <laughs> so anyway, Traitor. this this like happened throughout the rest of the spring. And I was like, no, that was a good call, right? Or like, yeah. uh, he was screened. He couldn't make it. Like, I see how he went or she went in that direction with it. And they were like, so this like became a thing, right? Every time something happened that the that one of the refs did, they would look down the line at me. Like I, we have our four chairs all mm-hmm. sitting next to each other. They looked down, what do we think? What do you think? And I'd be like, I think they did the right thing. They're like, oh, well, that one, I think, I think they blew it. Like, yeah, I think they really just mm-hmm. got caught up in the moment and whatever, whatever. So then that's when I was a volunteer, right? So like, you know, I have some responsibilities, but not nearly as much as the full-time coaches. So I, I get hired full-time. You know, yeah. and one of the very first things our associate head coach w- said to me was, listen, I don't want to hear any of that nonsense where you're like siding with the officials. <laughs> he goes, or else I'm going to throw you under the bus to the fourth and go, hey, our resident official over here thinks you're wrong. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. So we'll see how that goes this fall. That is, oh, gosh, that's fantastic. I love that. And I think uh, we talked a little bit before we started recording um, being able to have the empathy perspective of seeing what the other person is and understanding, taking a moment to understand what the other person is experiencing, like hats off to you for doing that. You know, I know that was out of necessity for rent and food money. Uh, yeah, I get that. But I think that that is, it's almost um, a microcosm of our culture that we don't do a good job of, we just kind of throw rocks from a distance instead of understanding what that person's experiencing. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think as that's, uh, that, is, that is somewhat of our goal of our podcast too, is to be able to tell some of these stories. And um, so I, I, hats off to you for that. I think we need more referees that are willing to go and understand the coaching perspective too. And so that's something even in the state of Kansas we've talked about. How can we do that to try to share that perspective to go, hey, listen, we're not that far off from each other, right? right. We're, we're working for the same types of goals when we're out there. You know, the, a safe, fun place for players to compete and to play. I mean, there's moments where there's obviously going to be dissonance between our two roles. But I think that that's, that's a really beautiful example of taking a moment to understand what the other person's experiencing. So... Well, we're, we're kind of out of time, but I, I really appreciate you sharing your story. And um, I'm excited to have you back for year two. Can't wait. Hopefully uh, hopefully my elevation or my starting point is a little bit elevated from where it was last there time. There you go. It will. I'll it's, at least have the mechanics down somewhat. That's right. That's right. But the, the mistakes will still happen uh, as they do for all of us. And there are opportunities to learn and to get better. And it's just the same with coaching and any aspect of sport. Now I just have to progress. I, I just felt such like a newbie because like in the email that you get from Keisha, it says like, make sure you get yellow and then green jerseys if you can. I mean, all these guys, ladies and and guys are like showing up with suitcases of like black, red, green, blue, yellow, long sleeve, short sleeve. Here I am, I have a satchel, a drawstring satchel. And they're like, what color would I go? Well, we got uh, yellow or green, so take your pick. Hey, seriously though, very second game I ever did, there was like sleet coming through and like uh, Drew put, put long sleeve, right? Like his long sleeve proper jersey on, like, you know, looked super official. I had a puffy jacket and a beanie and a snood. <laughs> All of this under my short sleeved size extra small. <laughs> I need an extra medium, but a uh, small jacket. And I mean, I have it all tucked in and I just looked like um, like the Michelin man who like got squeezed into this tiny little shirt. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's uh, like my father-in-law uh, manages a soccer store and that's how I got the green one or else I would have just been rolling yellow. Just yellow. I learned that yellow is like not the cool one, right? Like no. you've got to find a, a different color. So that's I told right. him my Christmas presents prior to like spring 23 refereeing season is I need the blue and the red. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You got to upgrade. So, oh, that's funny. That's too funny. We could talk for hours, but thank you, Travis. Appreciate yeah. your time. And Um, We're going to be back. I'll be back here in just a moment with an interview uh, with our resident, another resident pro AR. Um, We'll introduce him here momentarily. He's not our resident. He's one of them, I guess. uh, Jeff, Jeff Swartzel is our resident. I felt like we were cheating on Jeff when I, when I was 
talking to Tyler, and that's not a, not the case at all. Jeff, we love you. We love you so much. So um, we'll be back, and uh, we'll be with uh, our with a another pro AR for an exciting segment. Episode eight here for the Check Complete podcast. I am beyond thrilled to be visiting with Tyler Wyrostick from, uh, you are from New Jersey, out east. Correct. Yes, yes. So you're joining us uh, through the wonderful world of Zoom that we've all probably gotten sick of through COVID, but here we are able to connect and have a good conversation. So first of all, Tyler, I just want to say thank you so much for your taking time to, to chat with us on the Check Complete podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think this has uh, been a great, a great thing you guys are doing. Um, so I'm glad to be here. Yeah, well, you're going to add a lot to it with this episode to hear from you um, and just hear about your journey as well as answer a few fan questions that have come in in preparation for this. So um, maybe before uh, there are first questions, how you got started in refereeing. So you can kind of dive into that, but maybe just give us a little bit about who you are, kind of round whatever information you're willing to share, round yourself out for us so we can kind of have an idea of who you are and then Maybe just go right into how you got started as a referee. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, I mean, from a referee standpoint, I've been doing this now, I think this is my 11th year. Um, but, I mean, outside the game, uh, I'm a software developer. That's my day job. Uh, I currently work full-time remote, so it's been great to just be home, go ref, you know. Um, I uh, have a son, so kind of that work-life balance works out really well between work uh, and refereeing. Uh, Besides that, that's pretty much all I do outside of the game. Um, Refereeing-wise, I started when I was 16, my junior year of high school. Um, my dad kind of gave me this, uh, you know, he, he was like, you need to start working. You need to, you need to get a job. You're about to get your license. Um, so I was very stubborn. and I didn't want to do, like, the grocery store or McDonald's or, you know, any of these fast food places that my friends were working at. Um, and he came to me and he said, well, uh, I found this referee course. It's 80 bucks or something like that, or whatever the price was at the time. Go sit in a classroom for two days, take a test. If you pass, you could be making, you know, $200 a weekend. And I was like, sure. I played the game my whole life. Um, I played in high school. So it was, it was a, it was a no brainer. So, you know, I sat, sat down, took the test. Um, and then I was basically, you know, out there collecting a paycheck for a while. Um, and I'm kind of this uh, naturally competitive person. So once I found out there was grades going up, I was like, oh, I need to be a grade seven referee, even though I had no idea uh, what it actually meant. So um, the local league that I was doing that I played in my whole life, um, they had this you know, web-based thing where you could keep track of all your games. So I just compiled all those games and threw it into a spreadsheet and sent it off to New Jersey State, uh, the state, state administration, and they gave me a grade seven. but you know, for a while, it was just me working to working games to get a paycheck. And then um, also, I was just trying to reach the top level game in the local league that I was doing. I was mm -hmm. like, okay, there's this premier league, I want to be doing those games. I, I yeah. thought that was the top, you know what I mean? So uh, for about three, four years, that's kind of what I was doing. Um, and then the summer would come around and that local league would stop and I would just like cold call emails, just sending out to uh, tournament people, just like, hey, can I come to your tournament? Can I come to your tournament? Um, one, because I need the money. Um, and two, is this opportunity to kind of just like go do games elsewhere. Um, but for like three or four years, I didn't really know, I didn't really know refereeing outside of the local league or these tournaments that I was doing. Um, and then like my sophomore year, like after I got upgraded to a grade seven, my sophomore year at college, I uh, I found out like the DA showcases, regionals, started doing the adult amateur games in my state and this kind of world of soccer or refereeing just opened up um, and I realized what this kind of all was. And I think that's kind of when I got like hooked. I was like, okay, I wanna, I wanna now go for my state. I wanna just see where this kind of takes me. Um, so that year, after I got my grade seven, uh, I went to my first regions, and uh, that was kind of where I kind of, you know, started the sort of the path to, I guess, where I am now. Yeah, 
Interesting. I want to double back on something that you said. Um, you had talked about, and we talked off air before we started about the check collectors, if we want to put it that way. Mm-hmm. People who are just yeah. there to, to collect a paycheck and and, and so be it. Um, I think one of the things we're trying to figure out in Kansas, and it's certainly not, I wouldn't think it's unique to our area, is what is it that's going to flip the switch for that person to go from just check, check collecting with not even referee socks and we're fighting to keep a shirt tucked in to, I want to, to take it to the next level, take it seriously, do it. And, and it doesn't, we, we're not, we're not saying everybody needs to make it to the MLS, but taking mm-hmm. it seriously to really give your best for that. And so for you, that was some of that had to do just with your, within yourself, the innate kind of competitive nature of weight. So it, it came from finding out having your kind of, imagination exploded a little bit to go, Oh, there's grades. There's other opportunities. Things like that's what it was for you. Is that kind of what flipped the switch? Yeah, kind of. I mean, once, you know, everyone has like those first year where you're, you know, refing is, is kind of new to you and stuff like that. But once I started kind of, and I did take it as, as a job, right. I was, I needed gas money. I wanted to go out and eat food, right. I needed, I needed money in order to do that and do that. Well, I had to take referee, uh, serious in a sense where I needed to be professional, right? I needed to show up and I needed to do the games. Um, and then once I started, uh, you know, diving into this a little more, um, you know, just emails from my state and, you know, I got to recertify and in that recertify email somewhere, it said, oh, grade sevens, you have to do this, right? And that's kind of what unlocked for me to see that there was something more than just showing up on Sunday, and doing the same games for the next five years or whatever, right? There was some path to progress and get better. Right, right. Yeah, interesting. I think that's where a lot of us on an admin side and and looking to help newer officials are just wondering what is it going to take to get that person to to really be invested? And and I think so that's helpful to hear. Yeah, and sometimes people don't know. and as right. you mentioned, sometimes people just don't care. They want to, they will show up and do the, do the, just to collect the check. But I think for the people that don't, um, that don't know about what else there is to offer, uh, you know, it's worthwhile kind of showing them because they could be those people that decide to take that next step to start going for their, their regions or whatever, you know, whatever the next, the next step is for them. Right, right, right. Absolutely. So speaking of next step, that would be our next question is, the pathway, so regional badge, or I guess probably state badge, right? When you were going mm-hmm. through that state badge, and then that next step into national, and then the professional ranks. What was that journey from then on, state on? What did that journey look like for you? Um, yeah, I mean, so I got my when I got my state badge, um, going from state to national actually was a little bit was quicker than going from. Seven to state. I think I went six, five, four in like back to back years. Um, so it was really just about, uh, you know, at that time I was doing more of the adult game, NPSL, PDL at the time. Um, and I was still just really putting myself out there in terms of like DA showcases, right? Any opportunity I had to go get seen by someone outside of the state of New Jersey um, was, was. I was taking that opportunity. Um, I remember actually I had, there was a winter showcase and it felt like the week before finals. And I was like, I, I can do this. Like I can, I can go do this showcase, like fly back in and go the next day, go take my finals. Like I will figure out studying. I was like, I just need to, I need to go out there and do this. Um, and any chance I had, I was just trying to take it because um, I knew that's kind of where I needed to be from a national standpoint. I needed somebody outside the state of New Jersey to look at me and say, like, okay, this right. he's he's a he's a national assistant referee. So, so the question I think we're all wondering is, how did the finals go? Uh, some good, some bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I uh, uh, I I had to take chemistry two, three times. So uh, I would assume one of those years, I, I definitely failed my <laughs> chemistry final. Yeah. Third time's a charm, <laughs> but, right? That's... But I don't think you can chalk it up to only uh, refereeing as the as the downfall. I think that was probably, it was probably lost from the start. <laughs> that's, yes, maybe chemistry is just not your, yeah, hey, no judgment yeah. here, science, math, that's <laughs> So yeah, yep. that's not yep. me at all. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, so, so then, so then for you, I guess if, 
So speaking to those, if there's those listening that are in that now regional badge, Mm -hmm. fighting their way to the top, would you say that the key to success for you and, and potentially for them is just the visibility of attending those events? Is that still kind of one of the keys to success there? Um, you know, I know COVID has kind of changed some things about how frequent these events are ran and stuff like that. But for me, yeah, I think there's, I think yeah. it's kind of two things. I think one, the visibility, but two, just also knowing that just because you go to some of these events doesn't mean that you might get seen the way that you're like you might be expecting right. to when you go to these events, right? Um, there's a lot of games going on for these people that run these tournaments and these events. So, you know, the eyes might not be on you on the exact moment you want. And also the games sometimes just don't have right something in it where it's sure. like you can prove, you know, you get that dog so call, right? So I think for me the big thing is is get yourself visible and just continue to work hard when you go to these events and just stay patient. Um, you know, keep, keep doing the things that, you know, got you to the level that you're at now and just continue to grow and learn and then get ready for the next event. And, you know, right. the hard work will, will pay off. Right. Right. Absolutely. So in that journey, did you know that the AR route was going to be your route or was there, was that, you know, part of trying to figure it out? Uh, yeah. I mean, there was a point where, um, I didn't, I, I just liked being out there, right? It didn't necessarily matter to me if I had the whistle or the flag. Um, but I kind of got to a point where I like really looked at myself as a referee and an assistant referee. And I was okay as a referee, but there was something about movement and positioning and all these other things that I think I had this really big ceiling on that I don't, I mean, I maybe could have figured it out, but the assistant referee role just felt so much more natural to me. Um, and I liked being out there and I liked, you know, doing it. Um, so when it came to the point where I really had to look at what's the next step, you know, if I'm going to go for this national badge, is there going to be extra letters or, you know, extra letters on the badge, which, which way am I going? Um, and I think assistant, assistant referee just felt more natural to me. Um, mm. so I just doubled down on that path. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what in, in that journey, and the path that you've been on, um, there's probably been some sort of setback or setbacks. What have those been? How have you faced them? How did you overcome them? Uh, I think I think the thing for me is I've always been like so eager to get to that next level, right? I think in my head, I'm always like, okay, I'm ready for this level game. And either that level game comes or even a game below it and, you know, you you have some setback, you have a bad game or you make a bad decision and it kind of just kind of just makes you realize maybe you're not actually, maybe you're not actually there yet. And sometimes um, I think that was, those were important because uh, it made me realize that I needed to kind of just slow down and be patient with this, um, kind of make sure that I'm not rushing, you know, you don't need to rush straight trying to get to the top as quick as possible, right? Develop all the skills, get the experience, at, you know, as you go through things. Um, so there's a lot of times where I think I was like, I'm so ready for this game. And then the game comes and it doesn't go the way that I imagined, right? And you kind of just have to overcome that and get ready for the next, the next game. Right. Yeah, that pedal to the metal, the passion there, but kind of pulling that back. Absolutely. That, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I think we see a lot of that with brand new folks and you hope that that doesn't, the setbacks don't become a get out. You know, they, they see it as a way to get out. No, that's part yeah. of the, part of the learning process. Yeah. Yeah. There's really nothing, you know, you can't uh, replace experience, right? You know, you, yeah. you got to do the reps sometimes and that's going to help you a lot. That's going to help you a lot in your career later on. Right. 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 Absolutely. Um, so cool or memorable experiences that you've had? I know you probably got to be careful mentioning specific things since you're very much, well, you're on the kind of the front end of your MLS career, right? How long have you been actually in, in doing MLS games? This is my first year, actually. So, oh, yeah, is it? Okay. In the yep. Yep. So when you were in, you mentioned you were in Kansas City last year. And I think I was, I was, yeah. I think I was at that game. Um, surprised you didn't see me out of the 20,000 people. Here, but no, um, I think I was at that game. How early into your career was that? Was that, that was like your that second or probably, third? That actually might've been five. Five. Okay. That was my fifth. I think my fifth, fifth or sixth. Yeah. 
but yeah, still, I mean, still early. I mean, right now I'm at like 15 or 16. So I mean, um, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, it's still very early. My, my, yeah, my absolutely. Career. With a ton of, few, so I would hope that no statements made on the Check Complete podcast would slow down your <laughs> very long. <Me> <laughs> <laughs> so, so with that in mind, with that in mind, what are, you know, what, what cool or memorable experiences have you had along your journey? Uh, I think the the one uh, memorable one, and I think we've kind of talked about how this community becomes very tight knit, like the longer you're in it and stuff like that. Um, the first President's Cup I went to, um, I went to, it was four of us that went. So we take one car up, one small delegation from New Jersey. We're in these dorm rooms together. And just like the four of us driving from New Jersey to Western PA, um, staying in the dorm rooms together, just like, just a really cool bonding experience. Like these are guys that I, I kind of knew, right. I maybe a handful of games. I saw them at tournaments or classes or whatever research. Uh, and I got to spend this weekend with them and go do games. And it was just like the, those three guys are still people that I talk to today. They're good friends. Right. So it was just yeah. like this memorable experience of going to this event. And I couldn't tell you how I did at the event, but I, do know like after that I became really good friends with these three guys um so I think that was just a cool experience because it it became a little bit more than just refing you know what I mean it, it turned into it turned into stuff outside of soccer and, um I thought that was really cool um yeah yeah absolutely that's I love that. I love to hear that. I think that's one thing that we talk about in, at, at length in our area is, is realizing that what we're doing is, is bigger than just a game. So I think that's, mm -hmm. that's really a beautiful story. Well, I mentioned this. We did have a few questions from fans. So we'll jump into these real quick and then we'll wrap up the interview with a final question. Um, we had one gentleman that, that wrote in through Instagram and said, how do you make sure you keep your position with the offside line while also looking at the ball when it's on your touch line? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, the uh, assistant referees would kind of have to juggle uh, a couple of things that we need to look at. The uh, second to last opponent is, you know, our number one priority, but sometimes there's things happening to our left or behind the referee's back that we kind of need to, you know, make sure we see or at least able to help out on. Um, and I think the, the best piece of advice I can give is just don't stare at one location too long. Kind of always mm. be, keep your head on the swivel. Um, that's something kind of we're talking about a lot now. So, you know, be able to just move your head, uh, find where that second last opponent is, and like you know, move your eyes back to the ball to be able to help out the system with whatever is going on over there, falling out, right? Foul, whatever, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then another question that came in was, what's what are what is the best practice, or what are our best practices as an assistant referee to, to elevate your performance? Um, so I mean, besides what I just mentioned, because I think that's that's an important skill to have. Um, I think, um, I think just like being able to, I, I think the being able to swivel is probably the, the one of the things mm -hmm. I would say, um, but I'm trying to think if I could find something else, uh, past that, um, I think something maybe on, uh, a lower level is just really stay away from kind of this ball watching. I think I see something mm -hmm. when I go out to the fields, I see that a lot. Um, there are a lot of times where you kind of get caught up in what's going on in the game or, you know, and you turn back and you're not looking, you're way far off past the second opponent. And I think it's very easy to kind of just get um, sidetracked and lose focus with the second last opponent. But as system referees, it's kind of our main job and what we need to focus on. Well, and I think the weekend warriors run into that. When you're four games deep on a Saturday, you know, that's yeah. a yeah. very – important reminder it seems rudimentary and basic but staying locked in and focused in that i think that's i think that's huge i think that's huge yeah absolutely um so this this question uh so that that one was from tyler i i feel terrible i don't remember the gentleman that asked that first question um but then Corey uh from wisconsin had asked when negating offside due to a deliberate play on the ball by the defender how do you discuss that in a pregame? So he's, he goes on to explain, I've seen instances where the AR will flag the offside offense just to be put down by the referee, leaving them out of position for any help going forward to goal or other potential offenses. So he asked me, does that make sense? 
I said it makes sense. Tyler, does that make sense to you? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay, I think it's a, good. Uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a good question, and I think he he gets the first part, you know, kind of down. You need to talk about this in your pregame. Um, it needs to be something that you discuss before you get out on the field because once you're out there, you know what I mean. If you're not on the same page, it's definitely going to be awkward. So um, I think in the pregame, I think it's important that if the situation is not brought up first thing is just ask right how do you want to handle the situation and i think ideally there would be some type of cue um you know i'm going to assume that they don't have comms on right Mm -hmm. um there needs to be some kind of cue to the assistant referee that there was maybe a, a deliberate touch but not maybe that there was a deliberate touch um and then that should give you hopefully some indication but if that doesn't happen um I think he's spot on, right? Put the flag up. And then if the referee where he leaves you down, you just have to do, you just have to work hard to get back into the right position. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very awkward feeling to be standing still and the play still going on. And then all of a sudden yeah. you're far off, but um, you just have to get ready for the next, the next uh, decision to be made. Um, right. But talk about it in your pregame talk about it as soon as you possibly can. And if it's not talked about, ask the question about how to handle these situations. Ask if the assist, uh, the referee is going to give you some type of cue in these kind of like awkward, you know what I mean, situations right. where you're, you're unsure. Um, and then ask them what to do if you are un- unsure, um, how to handle that if the ball ends up in the back of the net, right? Go through all of these kind of questions that you might have around these situations before you get out on the field. Yeah, that's gr- very good. Very, very good. So uh, I have a question that I did not tell you in advance, but that I've just been thinking about. So this may be a D-bag move for me to just throw this at you. So we'll see what happens. But so, you, you know, fairly new into the MLS scene, working with a lot of, you know, I know a lot of people aren't ref nerds like me, but I love watching. I love to see who's working where, and then I watch games accordingly. I love watching this referee crew or you know, that kind of thing. So there's big personalities and people that have been in the league for a long time as assistant referees and referees, not to mention players and coaches, but I mean, just the crews that you're working with. Was there a level of intimidation stepping on the field knowing like, I'm going to be Jair Marufo's AR today, or, you know, I don't know who, who that is, but, uh, but was that, when you made it to that level, was there a level of intimidation? Was there a learning curve? What, what all was that like for you? Yeah. Um, I don't know if intimidation is exactly the right word, but there is like some type of, you know, added nerves or something. There's something there where, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're, for me, at least, if you're working with someone who has, you know, so much experience, right. You, I at least want to be able to live up to Mm -hmm. their expectation of an assistant referee. Right. Um, and I know I'm not a guy who's done 200 games like Cody Rockwall, but I would like to, you know what I mean, try to provide that um, assistance to that referee. Um, so there is kind of something, but there's also something, there's so much experience from these guys that I can take away from um, mm. what they want, you know what I mean? There's so much, and uh, other assistant referees too. So um, while it is a little bit, a little bit of nerves and stuff like that, a little bit of a, a learning curve to be able to try to be the assistant referee that they're kind of expecting. And a lot of this is just kind of in my own head um, about sure. what I'm trying to accomplish out there. Um, there's also a lot of really good feedback and information that I get to pick up, you know, um, as yeah. I do more of these games with some very experienced officials. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Well, our final question, sort of, is if you could go back and tell the younger, brand new version of Tyler getting ready to referee because your dad said you should and you need to pay for McDonald's or whatever, your kale, I don't know, whatever you're eating to look fit like you are today. But so if you could tell the brand new Tyler referee some sort of advice, what would that be? Um, I just be patient. Um, I remember spending so much time and kind of just like, I just wanted my state batch so bad, right? I wanted to get to the next level so bad. I think just be patient, you know, if you continue to work hard, if you continue to kind of, you know, if you go out onto the field and you give it your all and you go to these events and you give it your all, um, if it comes, you know what I mean? You worked hard for it. And if it doesn't, you know that you gave it your all, you did everything you could, right? You know, don't try to rush the process to try to get there. Um, 
just take your time. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Well, Tyler, this has been fantastic. I, I really appreciate your time. If uh, listeners, if you're watching or listening to this and something resonated with you or you have a follow-up question for Tyler, we have ways to get you connected. So if you have some, just reach out to us. You can email uh, questions at checkcompletepodcast.com or contact us through the direct message. Slide into our DMs, I guess, as the kids say, and we can get you connected to, I can reach out to Tyler and get you guys connected. We've had that with some of our other guests. And so um, if you've got something that really clicked or something that you feel like, hey, I'd, I'd really love to learn more about this, we can try to make that happen. So Tyler, thanks for your time. I, I always say this to all of our guests, but is there anything that if you don't get to say it, you're not going to be able to sleep tonight? Is there anything that's in that category for you? Oh, man, I don't think so. Um, I mean, just thanks for having me on. Uh, like I said, I think what you guys are doing is great. Um, so I'm glad I could help out. And as, as, as you said, if anyone has anything, you know, reach out to me. I'll, I'm glad to give assistance or feedback or anything. So. Awesome. Very good. You're the man, sir. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you. Thank you. This has been episode numero eight of the Check Complete podcast. Uh, thank you so much for watching, listening, whatever you did. We appreciate that. Uh, Got to give a couple shout outs here. One, thanks to Travis Smith, uh, referee and assistant coach at the University of Kansas. We are so appreciative of your time, uh, guest hosting with us, as well as just sharing some of your story about this weird coming from coach to referee and trying kind of that side and seeing how that really has been an eye-opening experience for him and really is somewhat of a lesson to us, if I could, get a little bit more broader, more broad than just soccer. Uh, he took the opportunity, he kind of took, was courageous enough to go and try something new, to try the different perspective of one that he's typically might be known to be at odds with, right, as a coach, and took the opportunity to get, gain perspective and gain empathy for the other person. Um, that's a pretty good model for not just soccer, right? That's actually a, a decent model for life, for trying to take a moment before we start to throw stones or raise judgment towards someone else, understanding where they're coming from and putting maybe trying to walk a mile in their shoes or maybe two and a half miles on the line in their shoes, right? So uh, Travis, thank you for your time. Um, and then uh, we're so appreciative for Tyler's time uh, as the pro assistant referee that came and joined us. We uh, really appreciate his perspective and um, just, just sharing about his journey and his story and what the experience has been like getting into the Professional Referee Association as an assistant referee. We are so thankful for his time and hope that maybe as this podcast continues to grow and develop, we can feature more of you who have followed in those footsteps, have put in the hard work, and are able to achieve uh, your goals, whatever those might be. Maybe it's not pro. That's okay. We want to continue to tell those stories how success looks different for everyone, um, but just continue to work hard and achieve uh, and, and Find happiness in what you're doing. Um, as always, please engage with us and follow us on uh, our social media channels. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at check underscore complete. Okay. Um, Facebook at check complete. And uh, then you can, obviously, if you're watching this on YouTube, you already know where we are on YouTube. If not, just search check complete podcast on YouTube. Reach out to us over email as well, info at checkcompletepodcast.com, questions at checkcompletepodcast.com, or just email me, Gordy, G-O-R-D-I-E, at checkcompletepodcast.com. Several options for wherever your little fingers emailing will go. Um, we'd love to hear back from you. If there's any suggestions for future segments, uh, things like that, we would love to hear from you, hear about your stories. Send us some crew pictures. we got a few that we're going to roll at the end here some from some of our local referees that are working throughout the summer. We would love to see where you're watching, listening from, what games you're working to recognize you as we love our referee community. If you have any negative feedback, we invite you to write that on the back of the Fujifilm X-H2S mirrorless digital camera. That's just the body. We prefer it in black. And uh, mail that to us. It does retail about $2,499. So just write it on the back of that puppy. Mail it to us and we'll be sure to get back to you. So thank you so much for engaging with the Check Complete podcast. We'll be back with episode nine very soon. It'll look a little bit different as we'll be on location 
uh, here at the Youth Regionals in uh, Westwood, Indianapolis area, uh, out there in Indiana. So we'll be on location for that, uh, which will be exciting. And to be honest with you, I have no idea what it's going to look like. So you and me both will be excited to see what happens in two weeks. We hope you'll engage then. Um, again, reach out to us. We'd love to chat with you. Thanks for watching and engaging with the Check Complete Podcast.